How's everybody feeling today? Y'all are looking good. Looking good. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor you're looking good. Um, and I know that they are. God's good. Good to us. I want to uh, reiterate um, all of those announcements. Please don't forget them. Uh, don't um, uh, check out on the announcements because those are very, very important. And I appreciate so much all of you that have been coming to our uh, corporate prayer meetings during our 21 days of prayer and, um, and fasting. It's been awesome. Uh, there is a very special announcement I want to make today. Every year in January we do this. We like to uh, come to you with the totals on our, on our food bank and what we did last year for our community. And um, uh, Karen Holford, Pastor Karen and her team do such a fantastic job um, reaching out and helping our community. So let's just give our food bank team a real big round of applause. They are worthy of that. They deserve that. Um, this past year, we served 1,432 households, all right? Um, that um, equates to 4,306 people we gave food to this past year from our food bank. Isn't that amazing? Of that number, 193 of them are veterans, so that's pretty cool. And then there, are, there were actually 26 active military service members that we served as part of that group as well. And then thanks to you, we gave out over 100 stockings to the children. And Karen told me that you guys did a bang-up job on the stockings this year. And I just want to give you a round of applause because you are awesome, awesome. Uh, this is um, a tremendous ministry. As a matter of fact, we are one of the um, largest food bank distributors in uh, South Tulsa and this region. And so um, uh, we're very privileged to do that. And thankfully, um, th this team, they work. If you've never seen it, you, sh you should just take some time one Tuesday on one of those first three Tuesdays um, of the month and um, come out here and just check it out and see what they do. And um, uh, it might spark something new to help them out. It's hard to watch them and not help, right? <laughs> it's a hard workers, hard workers, and a fantastic team. Uh, Pastor Trent last week started us out on our uh, January series, and our key verse is in Luke chapter 11, and we're going to just read that one verse, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So now, well, this is a tremendous um, request. It's a tremendous request from the Scripture and this idea of prayer. This idea of prayer. I, I like that Pastor Trent mentioned last week something that, that he personally struggled with at one point in his life. And, and, and I appreciate him mentioning that because a lot of people struggle with the idea of prayer and then try to answer the question, if God is sovereign and he already knows what I need, and he already knows what I want, and, and, and he knows all these things in my life, then, then why do I have to pray about those things? You know, I mean, it, the sovereignty of God for surely can figure that out, that if God knows I need it, that without me praying, I, I, don't, I don't understand why I have to pray. And there's a lot of people that ask that question. I have been asked that question as a pastor many times through the years. You know, pastor, why do we have to pray about that? Why can't God just do it? And so today... I want to unpack a couple of things, and one of these things I touched on a couple of Wednesday nights ago, and then as I was preparing for this sermon, I thought, you know, I really want to go back and touch on that again with, with everyone for, for you know, more people to hear of what I said, but, but 
you know, I want us to recognize something first and foremost. Read your Bible. The Bible is a book about God and about people who interact with God. And when you read your Bible, you will discover that throughout the Scripture, throughout the Scripture, people are praying. If prayer wasn't an important function of our relationship with God, I don't, I don't think Scripture would emphasize it so many times that you see people praying. And there is a call to prayer from Scripture. Matter of fact, um, God himself has called people to pray. Jesus prayed. Jesus called his disciples and his followers to pray. This is special emphasis over and over and over and over and over again that we should pray, that we should be people of prayer, that prayer should be an important important part of our devotion and our relationship with the God that we serve. And for that, I think there are a couple of things that I'd like to cover that will give us an idea of the why. Why should we pray? Number one, I want us to recognize that prayer meets God's criteria for human participation. Now that may be new. That may be a new idea, a new concept to to some of you in the room today. So I want to unpack it in a way that you can understand it and receive it. Prayer meets God's criteria for human participation. Matter of fact, from the very onset of God's relationship with mankind, he showed an intense desire for man to participate in his miraculous presence. That it wasn't enough for God to just stand aloof and away and and not have this interaction, this ongoing intimate relationship with the creation that, that he created especially to man. I think it's really cool in this part of creation that a lot of times people skip over. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 19, it says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. And check this out. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. Now think with me for a moment. Here is God who spoke all of this into existence, and you would think in his absolute sovereignty and his powerful creation that God could figure out that a kangaroo is a kangaroo. You know what I'm saying? Or, or that, God, that God could look at this, at this creation and go, well, that's an elephant, and that's a dog, and that's a cat, and, and that's a giraffe. It's not that God didn't have the power or the ability to name the animals, God wanted man to participate in the very act of creation. In other words, God says, I'll do what I do, now I want to bring it to you for you to do what you do, and together we work in tandem to see something miraculous take place on the earth. Man, Adam, named all of the animals for God. Not because God couldn't, but it's because God wanted man to participate with him. 
I mean, in his sovereignty, he has chosen to make our participation with his kingdom, with his presence, a prerequisite. Second Chronicles 7.14 is a, is a famous verse for prayer. If, everybody say if. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. It's not that God can't do all of these things without us. It's that he has chosen not to do all of these things without us. He is saying that if you will pray and that if you will seek my face and that if you will turn from your wicked ways, then I will heal and I will, I will hear and I will forgive and I will heal. And this act of participation with God, it builds relationship with God as we seek his face. Matter of fact, you don't have much of a relationship, if any at all, if you're not talking. I, <laughs> I got one of us. I dealt with, the, with a couple who didn't attend our church years ago. dealt with a couple who didn't attend our church, but I was trying to help them in their, in their relationship. And, and, you know, it started out that... Um, I talked with the wife by phone, and she was trying to arrange for me to meet with the husband, and, and maybe we could work something out in the relationship. And she said something to me that, that, that it was something I, I really had a hard time believing, all right? Uh, she literally said to me, we live in the same house under the same roof, but he hasn't spoken a single word to me in months. Like a nothing? Like Nothing. And I'm thinking, oh, she's got to be exaggerating. I mean, nothing. How do you, I mean, I mean, you're at least going to say, get out of my face or something, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, she said, and I was, and I questioned her. I said, nothing? I said, like, do y'all eat at the same table? Yeah, we have supper. They had kids. He talks to the kids. Doesn't make not a single word to me. I'm like, well, that's a problem. That's a problem. And so, and so I said, well, let me, you know, give me his number and I'll try to touch base with him, whatever. So I did. And I actually, uh, I actually met him um, at a place and, and, and we, we sat down together. And, and I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't know if this relationship is going to work out, but I, you know, I kind of want to hear your side of the story. And he went, well, he said, I don't think I've spoken a word to her in six months. <laughs> and I went, Nothing? And he went, yeah, I don't remember if I, I don't, I really have come to think of it. I just don't believe I have. I don't think I have said one word to her in six months. I went, no, well, how do you live in the same, how do you do that? I mean, I don't know. And so, and so I'm like, I'm like, you, you're really serious, right? He said, I'm serious. I said, why? He said, well, I don't have anything to say to her. Pinging in the back of my head was the realization that no amount of counseling was going to help this situation. Because he then goes on to say, you know, they say that men speak 25,000 words a day on average and women speak 85,000 words a day on average. And, 
you know, I go to work and, I, and I'm on the phone all day and I'm, I, I'm doing business contracts, I'm doing all that, and, you know, I just spend all 25000 of mine there. I went, this is the craziest thing I think I have ever tried to, I mean, yeah, and it didn't trust, there, there was no hope in that relationship because he wasn't going to change that. He wasn't going to change that. He just wasn't going to communicate. And I mean, and if you don't, it, 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 come on, somebody has to admit with me that communication is a big part of every relationship. Come on. And we are created in the image of God. I mean, why would it be any different from him for us to not recognize that when we pray, this is a tool that, that we talk to heaven and heaven talks back to us and stuff happens when we pray because God said do it. It's a vital communication tool. Vital communication tool. I can't tell you how many times through the years that, uh, that people have come to me and I've said, well, have you prayed about this? And they're like, well, no, pastor, that's why we come to you. You pray for us. You know? And I'm like, that's not good. That's not good. And I think a lot of times we get this idea that prayer, you know, people say this to me all the time. You know, pastor, I just don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. Well, do you know how to talk? Uh, do you know how to think? Do you know, do you, do you know how to communicate on any level? You, you really just communicate to God in the same way. I mean, when I pray, because it is a prerequisite, prerequisite of Scripture that, that if my people will do this, God said, I will do this. If you will pray, if you'll seek my face, if you'll seek a relationship with me through prayer, if you'll do that, then I'll do this. I'm guaranteed to hear. I'm guaranteed to forgive. I've guaranteed you that I'm going to heal. I'm going to do all of these things for you, but you've got to satisfy the if. You've got to satisfy the if. That's, that's your part of the equation. If you will, God said, I will. And it's building this tremendous communication with God People, so many times, I, every time I teach on prayer, I probably mention this because it, I think it helps people. We think that we have to like pray in Latin. Who knows Latin? The Catholic Church, right? I guess, you know. But, but I mean, you know, I mean, we think, we, we think we have to, you know, do some type of Gregorian chant or something. Yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I, just, I just can't believe that, that we would, that people say, I don't know how to pray. Well, if you know how to talk, do you know how to express your need? Do you know how to express your love for God? Let me give you a real good one. I love you. Well, I was talking to God, but I love you. <laughs> but I do love Wade. I love you too, I do. I love you. God, look at my life. I mean, you, you might even pray something like this, because I've, I've prayed this a time or two. Look at my life. It's kind of a mess. And I need you. How about this? Walk with me today. Let me walk with you. See, it's not hard. It's just you pray the way you pray, in, in your way, in your vernacular, in, in your way of putting things. Not too long ago, I prayed this. Well, that was dumb. God, that was dumb. Don't get it. Don't understand it. But it's in prayer that, that we seek his face. 
you know, going back to what Pastor Trent focused on last week, the Lord's lesson on prayer, his lesson. Here's the disciples. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And in Luke eleven two, and I'm going to make a disclaimer today that I'm not going to get any farther into the uh, Lord's Prayer. Than, you know what Pastor Trent said last week? Yeah, so I just, Luke eleven two, and he said to them, when... Isn't that an amazing word? When there's an expectation, it's moved from if my people, if my people will, if you will, I will, if you will. But in Jesus, he turned to the disciples because they have this relationship, and he turned to them, and he didn't say, if you pray. Pray like this. He said, when you pray, there is an expectation that as a part of our devotion to Christ, we will pray. And he says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Learning learning how to pray is important because learning to know God as Father happens in prayer. Learning to know God as Father happens in prayer. And God is looking for human participation that brings relationship. Human participation. Yeah, Ezekiel 22.30. God exclaimed this, what a sad what a sad verse. I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. thinking that we have to reserve some of those men. We have to reserve some of those 25,000 words for prayer. Ladies, we have to reserve some of that 85,000. We have to reserve some of that for prayer. Because God's still looking for people just like us that will answer that call. If you will, I will. God is literally saying, if I can get someone to get on harmony with me, I will work on their behalf. E.M. Bounds lived in the mid-1800s to the early 1900s. He was a lawyer turned preacher, turned chaplain. He served as a chaplain, matter of fact, in the Civil War. His books, he's written, he wrote several books on prayer. And they're really considered spiritual classics. I have, I have more than one of his works. This one is called The Reality of Prayer. And it's, it's a book that I am using throughout our 21 days of prayer to, um, to remind myself of the importance of prayer. And also use it as a devotional. Uh, uh, let me, I, I just read this this week and it just really was amazing to me. Listen to these words. Prayer is God's business to which men can attend. Prayer is God's necessary business which men only can do. 
and that men must do. Men who belong to God are obligated to pray. They are not obliged to grow rich nor to make money. They are not obliged to have large success in business. These are incidental, occasional, merely nominal as far as integrity to heaven and loyalty to God are concerned. Material success is immaterial to God. Men are neither better nor worse with those things or without them. They are not sources of reputation nor elements of character in the heavenly estimates. But to pray. To really pray. Is the source of revenue. The basis of reputation. And the element of character in the estimation of God. Another strong reason we should pray is that prayer mingled with faith works. Like I have already stated, if you will, I will. James 5.16 says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Matthew 21, 22 says this, If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Mark eleven twenty two through 24 says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer... Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. See, prayer mingled with faith works. And God is not slack concerning his promise to us. That when God says, if you will pray, if you will seek my face, if you will, I will. There's this beckoning call from heaven for us to realize that we serve a God who wants to answer prayer. That he isn't requiring us as he were an idol or if he were some some God made of stone or of wood that the Bible says have ears that don't hear and eyes that don't see and mouths that don't speak. That this, this isn't the God that we serve I mean, all of us have seen people praying in temples around the world to idols. The sad reality of that is those idols will never hear. Those idols will never answer. The people just in their devotion, day after day after day, go before these idols and they, they worship there and they Pray there, but their prayers are unanswered because their prayers are unheard. And God said, I'm not that. God said, I'm not that. I have ears to hear and eyes to see and a mouth to speak. And I am working with you that when you pray, your prayers are heard. 
that when you pray, God speaks back. We had a prayer card turned in a few weeks ago. child that was diagnosed with inoperable and uncurable cancer. Noticed last week in our prayer cards that there was a new card. And in that new card, it said, we prayed for this child. This child has gone home cancer-free. Now, I know God heals in multiple ways. I know that that God will heal instantly. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've witnessed it. I've seen tumors disappear right before my very eyes. I've prayed with people, and I've seen them miraculously healed in a moment, just boom, like that. There are other ways that God heals, though. God heals through medicine. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from Him. You don't think. Salk and all those people came up with all that on their own. Not a chance. God spoke that into, into our broken creation for our betterment. Thank God for doctors and the knowledge that doctors have. That knowledge is from God. God has gifted people to do that, to, 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 to develop remedies. And God will heal through that. God heals through time as well. That really kind of plays into that as well, that God heals through time and He He heals through doctors and hospitals and nurses and God bless all of that. Now we also understand that God is going to heal us all perfectly in the resurrection, right? I love what Oral Roberts said. He said you really can't have a a sound theology of healing if you don't have a sound theology of the resurrection because as long as we're in this body, it still decays. You, You could be healed instantly and still have cells dying because they do every day. And, 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 so, and so the reality uh, of, uh, of healing is also that God sometimes heals through us passing over to the other side. And, and, and we were, that's why the Bible says we don't, we don't uh, those who die, we don't have a hopelessness about that. That we don't mourn without hope because we know that, that it's better. To be absent from the body, what Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And there's healing there. And so I know that when you read the book of James concerning prayer, that there, there's this idea that when you pray according to God's will, that you have to accept, I'm sowing my seed in prayer, but he's the Lord of the harvest. And, and he determines, he determines what the true outcome is because only he knows the best outcome. I've prayed for some things in my life. I, I I, I had um, my brother-in-law called me. He pastors in Texas, and he called me the other, just the other night, and we were talking, and he wanted to um, walk the quarters of my mind concerning prayer. I guess they're doing it as well, prayer time, and he just wanted to hear what I had to say on the subject. And I, I told him, I said, you know, he asked me, he said, do you think prayer can change the will of God? I said, no, those are stupid prayers. <laughs> the will of God's the will of God. 
And I, I've prayed some stupid prayers in my life. I've, I've, I've prayed for some things that was so far away from what God wanted for me. I didn't know it at the time. I was just ignorant. I said, man, God, if you'll give me that right there, I know I'll be happy. And God was like, no, no, <laughs> you won't be happy. And now looking back all these years, I can look back on that track where I said, man, if God would have given me what I was so desperately praying for, if God would have given that to me then, I wouldn't be where I am today. It would have altered. It would have completely altered the course of my life in a direction that probably wasn't going to be healthy. You know, the Bible is, it does have examples of people praying stupid prayers. Um, Elijah had this tremendous victory over the prophets of Baal and fire from heaven, my goodness. Next thing we see him doing is sitting by a brook saying, God, you might as well just go ahead and kill me. I mean, he got, had this tremendous victory and then went into depression. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever experienced that? And, 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 and God said, I ain't answering that. So here's my answer to that. Get up. There's over 7,000 over here that haven't been in need of bail. Get up. See, God didn't answer. The, he didn't ask. He thanked the Lord. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't give Elijah what he was praying for. He gave him something better. And Elijah wasn't even, he, Elijah wasn't even thinking about it. But this much I do know. When I've heard God speak to me and say, yes, or when I've heard God speak after my prayer and say, yes, but not now, or when I've heard God speak and say, absolutely not, he's still answering. Sometimes no is the best answer you can get. Just ask a child that puts their hand on a hot, on a hot uh, pot on the stove. The best word that child ever hears is no. That's true. So those young parents in the room that may have trouble telling your kids no, you need to learn the word. It's an N and an O. It's pretty simple. Stand with me today. Tomorrow at 6 p.m., Monday, Monday at 6 p.m., we're having our corporate prayer session here in the auditorium. If you're unable to make that, I encourage you tomorrow to find time. Find time in your day tomorrow and however many words you talk. I'm just going to have to be honest with you. I'm a guy, but I, I know good and well I speak more than 25,000 words a day. I'm just saying. <laughs> I've probably done 25,000 words in this sermon. Sometimes I'll land in Pastor Trent's office, and I can tell about 20 minutes into it, the look on his face is, oh, my Lord, how do you tell him to go back to your office? <laughs> I'm highly aware. I'm highly aware. Love that guy. 
You know, today I'd like to end this with just asking all of us to make a commitment. I mean, and I know that's a, that's a strong word, but um, make, a, make a commitment. You're not making it to me. You're not making it to the church. Make a commitment to the Lord that, that you're going to develop even better your prayer life. That 2019, that 2019 is going to be a year that for you in your life, you're going to make prayer a priority. You know, I'm not talking about an hour a day or, you know, three hours a day. I'm just talking about take five minutes, have coffee with God. Find a chair, find a quiet place to pray, to talk to the Lord in your day. And I believe that at the end of this year, that every one of us that makes that commitment will we'll be able to testify that our lives were better in 2019 because we further developed our prayer life. That wherever you're at, if you're just starting or if you're like the guru prayer person, take it one, take it one more step up. Just take it one more step up. And, and let's see. Let's see what, what God will do. If you're able to come here on Wednesday nights for our corporate prayer session, it's about 50 minutes that we, work, we, we do a little word. Right now I'm using this, this book. We, we, we sing a couple of songs, and then we take about 20, 25 minutes in prayer. We best when we pray with the prayer cards. That's a good opportunity if you want to hone that, hone that prayer in your life. Just, it's, a, it's, a developed, it's a developed skill. The more you do it, the easier it becomes because you learn your pattern. You learn... You learn that the Lord is teaching you to pray. And I want to pray over that. I want to pray over that commitment today and ask the Lord to just, to just bless all of us. All right, so would you just bow your heads for a second? I'm just going to pray over you. Lord, I just thank you right now for your word, for your presence that is rich in this house. I pray right now over every individual in this room that we would be able to, to be taught to pray that in our lives that we would see the value and understand the worth of this call. It, it really is a call. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would just open the eyes of our understanding, that, that we would know exactly what to do, when to do it. And I pray that, that if there's anybody on the sound of my voice right now that needs to make a fresh start commitment with you, that maybe they're questioning their salvation, I just pray right now that as I'm praying, over them, that they would just begin to confess you as the Lord of their life and that, that they would ask you to forgive their sin and that, that you would heal, heal their life with the precious gift of salvation. And I pray right now that those individuals would, would turn their face toward you today and say, I know that, that God raised Christ from the dead. I know that he is Lord and I want him to be my Lord today. And I'm thanking you, Lord, for, for helping people make even that commitment, even as I'm praying over this congregation. I pray that you would bless the rest of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Increase us, O oh God, in your, in your word and in your life and in your spirit. And we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen to that. You know what? Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we end our services with... Uh...